No, you idiot. You pee onto the side of the bowl to minimize oh, the, sound. the sound. I just pee in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, me too. Have you guys ever peed outside your house, like at night? Dale podcast. I'm joined here with everybody: uh, Mark, Dustin, Rocky, Will, the whole crew. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today. Your last, who same best you? for last. You didn't mention who you were. Oh, me, and I'm Jeff, uh, <laughs> the one leading this right now. And hey, you know, I don't, you know, I didn't want to leave any Jeff of you out. A shot. We're giving Jeff a shot. He's on probationary leadership. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. So we got a lot, a lot, a lot. We got a lot to talk about today. So we'll see how this, how you know, let's uh, let's talk about quarantine life. What do you guys think about that? How's the quarantine been affecting you guys? Um, I straight, I I've been sleeping regularly like ten hours, which I never do. Early for me, going to bed is like eleven to midnight or so, you know, and but I still sleep till like ten thirty or eleven, sometimes almost noon. And I don't know what the hell's going on, but apparently. It's because I've just I have a lack of energy and I still feel tired when I wake up. And I looked it up and apparently that's a lot of people's experience. Like they're just sounds more tired. like you have the Rona. <laughs> I have dun, the Rona. No, I don't feel sick. I just I'm just more tired and lazier. Um, lethargic. Well, yeah, some people lethargic. are asymptomatic. You don't yeah. have a fever and cough. Okay, regardless, because we could just speculate if I have it or not. I don't think I do, but it doesn't matter. That's if not so, the point. Yeah, you definitely do though. And it's like the walking dead. We all have it. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is that um, not basically not being active, like not doing things regularly and being outside. Um, apparently that has like a pretty significant effect on like your energy. You know, oh, you would think. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that sounds obvious, but I just mean like, like, I can't believe how tired I am a lot of the time. Like, and I shouldn't be because I'm sleeping more than ever. You, you know, because I know what Oversleeping makes you tired. Hmm, that's probably it. But it's weird. I cannot, no matter what alarms I set, I still sleep through them. Yeah. It's like I can't wake myself up. Uh, I So I have the opposite experience. I yeah. usually do that every day. <laughs> um, I usually sleep. My, my usual sleep schedule is I'll go to bed at like 5 a.m. and wake up at like 2 p.m. But... <laughs> Since I've been in quarantine, I'm going to bed before midnight every day, usually waking up around 6 in the morning. Damn. In a sense, though, you're the most chaotic out of everybody because that's away from the norm now. So you are, I know. in a sense, it's like, like bo- <laughs> your body's like, oh, shit, everyone's doing this now. So let's do the opposite this time. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I've been doing exercises. Like... What the fuck? And I make myself a healthy breakfast, and then I go for walks. It's like I'm I'm living now how I should have been living, like a a healthy person's (laughs) life. I've never done it before, and I won't keep doing it as soon as I'm as soon as I'm allowed to to do it. 
as soon as it's a thing everyone's doing again, I just won't. I won't do it. And I know that. Quarantine hasn't affected me at all. I like my life is pretty much the same. I leave my house only when I have to. I avoid people at all costs when I do. Mm-hmm. Still have to work. Yeah. You work yeah. on vacation, though, right? I can't work from home, no, because I work in a lab. Yeah, me too. He's a scientist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> works I mean, we're, we're all scientists. Right? Every, every, every scientist is the same scientist. <laughs> Some scientists, all the same Every person is the same person. <laughs> what about you, Marcus? I've been eating quite a bit worse. I, I have the opposite dietary of what you're experiencing. I just like eat kind of whatever I have. I'm, I've become sort of a human vacuum during this situation. It's just whatever's in front of me. I hope it's food because I'm going to eat it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only good thing, like I haven't been eating super awesome like Rocky, but um i'll deliberately because i go out to get groceries so few times that Mm -hmm. when i'm there i force myself to not get certain things and then i'm just i just can't have them i'll just be like i am not gonna grab this or that and then i'm just what would this or that be just curious you know what what does will snack on that's unhealthy what is yeah what are the things where you're like you know what i'm not gonna get this because i don't need it like i haven't had soda in like two weeks oh good for you um I haven't eaten Pop Tarts. I don't grab Fig Newtons. I don't grab. Um... Sorry, hang on, back up. You <laughs> voluntarily go and buy Fig Newtons. Usually. Fig Newtons <laughs> are bomb, dude. They're so good. Yeah, they're bomb. <laughs> they're my if favorite. You're gonna get cookies. Buy real cookies. Yeah, they're but it's like it's like a content. cookie, but it's like you don't. You kind of feel like you're eating a little bit something healthier. Yeah. <laughs> But you're not. And they taste good. No, they're good. The if you can get is, the right Fig Newton. The problem is, is that I'll eat a whole pack of them. Like, oh, yeah. Then there's the problem. That's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if they're in front of me, if they're right near me, I'll, I'll eat the crap out of them. But I don't like far Fig Newtons. No. Mm. It was a pun. Oh. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Far I never like I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google it later. Should we do an ad? Uh, yeah, I'll do a word from our sponsors. Okay. Uh, I have a word from our sponsor here. Has this ever happened to you? You're at home and you want to make lemonade or have some lemon bars, but don't have any lemons? And in this climate, you don't want to wait in line for 30 minutes, six feet from everyone, so you can get all your lemons. We'll look no further. At getyourlemonsonline.com, you can order up to 32 pounds of lemons. <laughs> Just go online, pick your type of lemon and quantity, and wait up to 30 business days to receive your lemons. And bam, lemons. Now when life gives you lemons, it's probably because you got them at getyourlemonsonline.com. Use promo code MILKMILKLEMONADE to get two free lime bags on your next purchase. <laughs> getyourlemons.com is my favorite lemon manufacturer. Yeah, I, I love my, They're my second yeah. favorite, but... but... Yeah. yeah, my first favorite is Lemon Party. Yeah, <laughs> LemonParty.com by far Every, Everyone the best Google lemons. Lemon Party. Please do. Should we uh, play the, play a game here? I have a game. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Like a saw kind of way or like a fun kind of way? You want to play a game? 
I don't know why I sound like Batman. <laughs> 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 so I have a I have a game of a uh, Mary. Uh, fuck, kill, bop, kill, whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, so I'll give you each three uh, choices and you'll pick them and I'll pick the, my favorite one. So, Will, I'm going to give you three. Ready? Okay. Yep. Sherlock Holmes, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Genghis Khan. Okay. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Mark, Which... yours is the dude, All right. the Pope, All right. and Martha Stewart. Okay, Dustin. Yours is Mario Brothers, uh, Jack Both Bauer. I don't know Both who that of them, is. yeah. Jack Bauer, you know, 24. Okay, I'm just going to so say Kiefer that. Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and me. Oh. Oh. And uh, Rocky, your three are Crazy Cat Lady, Hannibal, and Abraham Lincoln. Is this a generic Crazy Cat Lady? Yeah, just a just a regular regular old run of the mill crazy cat lady. If you have anybody in mind, you're welcome to say names and put them on the spot here. But okay. otherwise, you know. Okay, Mark, what do you what do you what are your uh, you know? Marry the dude, kill the pope because he would understand. He's he's a pretty cool dude, pope. Frank. Okay, okay. And obviously, <laughs> I would fuck Martha Stewart because honestly, she knows her way about things. I would assume. So, She's yeah. been to prison, so you know. She yeah. fuck you prison style, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What about you, Will? Um, and it can be any Sherlock Holmes, just the character in general. Yeah, just the character in general. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. I, yeah, I'd I'd fuck Sherlock Holmes. Um, I'd marry. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, because, you know, that doesn't mean sex at all. He's a it good could be a sex. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. He's a good guy. And the the one I'm going off is the cartoon version. Okay, That's yeah. Disney. Really know. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. And um, I would kill Genghis Khan, because if you fuck him, you will have a kid. doesn't matter if you're a man <laughs> or woman. He has fathered more children than anyone in history. And That's true. I'm a man, but I would still get pregnant probably. If okay. <laughs> so I would have to kill him. Okay. What about you, Dustin? Um, I would fuck the Mario brothers because collectively they have four hands and two mustaches. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I would kill Jack Bauer because Kiefer Sutherland vaguely annoyed me in Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> And I would marry Jeff because you make me laugh. Oh. Uh, I'll make you more than laugh. They could have beard sex. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. We can okay, rub our so beards together. Okay, Rocky. Braid them together. Okay, what are my names? Let me see. But Crazy Cat the big, Lady. dorky, a, a, vampire dad Abraham is Lincoln. like... Okay. And Mark's still talking for some reason. <laughs> Shut him <laughs> out. Hey. I was going to finish hey. my sentence. I'm sorry. <laughs> your, ter- your situation is over. You've done. You've done. <laughs> boss, applesauce. All right. Anyway, okay, right. Crazy Cat Lady, Cat Lady, Hannibal, and Abraham Lincoln, Rocky. Those are your three. Um, I'm thinking of Hannibal from the show, Hannibal. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. I would... Oh. I think I would marry me. Hannibal. I'd marry Hannibal. Just don't be rude. Dude. I would... Yeah. <laughs> I would kill... <laughs> I would kill Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't he had enough of that already? 
before 1860. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> After. The, the question then, is, do you take him to the like a uh, play or what do you do with him? No. No plays. I would save him from getting shot and then I would kill him anyway. Kill him. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> and, and that and means would... you would bang the crazy cat lady? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it doesn't really matter who. I'm just into that. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> she has a lot of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dustin's the most out of this round. So he's the winner. Let's do one more and then... Yay. Let's let's do this. Okay. All right. Okay, Will. You've got Helen Keller, mm. Willy Wonka, mm. and MacGyver. Mm. Mark, you have Katniss Everdeen, <laughs> Homer Simpson, and Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris? Uh, Chuck Norris, yes. Okay. Dustin, you have Iron Man, or Tony Stark, whichever you prefer, Obama, mm. and... Miley Cyrus. Oh. Okay. Rocky, you have Mr. Rogers. Dexter. Like, from the show Dexter. Yeah. And Hillary Clinton. Okay. <laughs> okay. Will, go. Um, they're, all, they're all good for different reasons. But, um, <laughs> um, okay. I would... Fuck. Willy Wonka, because I just, I mean, I either, <laughs> either one is a good looking dude, you know, and he would shower me with sweets. And um, I would, sorry, what was my first one? Helen Keller. And MacGyver was the other one. Okay, I would marry MacGyver because, you know, yeah. he's. He's like a problem-solving kind of dude. So whatever problems we get into, he'd be able to solve it with her band. And um, I would ha I would have to kill Helen Keller because she wouldn't even know. You know what I mean? She wouldn't know I was there. <laughs> I was killing her without her knowing. The it, perfect I feel bad. And she exactly. <laughs> okay. Just, <you> know, <laughs> okay, Mark, what about you? <laughs> can't marry Helen Keller. It would be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. It would be all sorts of problems. Uh, I would kill Chuck Norris because he's too much of a threat to be left alive. Okay. Uh, I would marry, uh, I would get marry Homer Simpson because he's a sweet dude, you know, yeah. all in all. And obviously Katniss is uh, getting fucked. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like how you said that, like, it's going to, like, well, you know, that's happening. So. It's, it's on the table. It's there. Like, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Dustin. What about you? Uh, what was my first one? Iron Man. Iron Man. Okay. Ooh. Um, I would totally marry Iron Man because he's freaking loaded. Yeah. Um, also, he's sure. Iron Man. Yeah. Um, he'd make you a suit. Oh man, I would kill Obama. Out. <laughs> um. Just to see if I could. Oh, yeah. And just to say you did it, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> Who and, would you say this to? And uh, Miley Cyrus is getting fucked. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. What about, what about uh, you there, Rocky? Well, I, 
I would marry Mr. Rogers. I think that's that's obvious. <laughs> I would I would have to fuck Dexter. Dexter's getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> and I'd have to kill Hillary Clinton before she killed me. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like uh, I like uh, Will's in that one. I have enough for one more. Okay. 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 Will, yours are Justin Bieber, <sighs> Meatloaf, and oh. Forrest Gump. Jesus. <laughs> Mark, Just yours God. is yours is Hulk, Hulk. Pikachu. All right. And Michael Jackson. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dustin, yours is George Bush, all the Kardashians. Oh. And Conan O'Brien. <laughs> uh, Rocky, yours is Rambo, Mike Tyson, and a dragon. <laughs> a dragon, okay. <laughs> if you have a specific dragon in mind, you're welcome to pick one, but it's just a dragon. Okay, Will, go. Jesus, Jeff, this is the worst one. <laughs> I want to kill all of them, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Will's bloodlust can't be sated. <laughs> Not by Helen Keller. I want to keep going. <laughs> I wasn't done. Life is like a box of condoms. You never know if it's going to fit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, pick someone to marry. Um, Hey, oh god. Um I mean I guess I'd marry fuck. I guess I'd marry Meatloaf. Okay. I mean he's a nice enough dude, I guess. He's he's well off. Okay. And God, oh my god. Um, you wanna bang Justin Bieber before he jump? <laughs> <laughs> I mean Bieber's not bad. I'd like to if I could bang Justin Bieber, I'd like to bang him once he's legal, but before he went crazy. Yeah, okay. You, know, you can like, pick a specific age. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to get that meth up Bieber? I don't want meth up Bieber. But he has a mustache um, now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not. Um, but I guess I would. God, I would have to kill Forrest Gump, though. Because, for <laughs> one, his movie annoys me now because I've seen it too many times. <laughs> and also, he, Jenny gave him AIDS, probably. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to fuck him. And um, he would probably be a nightmare to marry. Yeah, so just get rid of I him. To, he's a good Sa- dude, but... Oh satiate your bloodlust with Forrest oh, Gump. Do you think... <laughs> My hit list is awful, I know, but I'm sorry. I'm going to have to kill Forrest Gump. Do you think Forrest Gump and the guy from Philadelphia are the same person? <laughs> Every person is the same person. Right? <laughs> okay, Mark, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, I would marry Michael Jackson. Because he's like really famous and super probably rich, depending on the part of his life that I marry into. Okay. Um, and really honestly... I'm not. I'm not a little boy, so there'd be no like fooling around there. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, I would kill Pikachu. Okay. Because you're not going to have... go banging a mouse. No. 
I would yeah, but have, what about Ryan Reynolds' Detective Pikachu? He's pretty. I'd, I'd still shoot him in the face. We'd have our nice little uh, old yeller moment. Be sad. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks back at you like, why must this happen? I'm not injured. You're oh like, I'm sorry, because I don't want to bang or marry you, bro. <laughs> He's like, why is it those two choices? <laughs> uh, and obviously, yeah, I would fuck the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> okay, Dustin. Uh, who is my third one? Uh, Conan O'Brien. Oh, right, right. Okay. Um, I would obviously kill the Kardashians. I don't... Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. Does the Kardashians I, include Caitlyn? Does it include the general line? Is, I that's am, my question. I'm assuming so. Oh, wow. If, yeah, probably. Let's just say yeah. All right. Okay. Take them all out. I, I would marry Conan O'Brien because he's cute and funny and tall. Let's shake it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would fuck George oh, Bush. Wait, uh, just check it. Or, or Junior? Like yeah, Senior Junior. Ooh. First or second. Junior. W. It's gotta be W. Yeah, it's gotta be W. Yeah, W. Yeah, he makes houses now. Fuck me, why? Fuck, fuck me once, shame on you. <laughs> fuck, fuck me twice, you can't fuck the fucker. <laughs> you don't get fucked again. <laughs> okay, and Rocky. Okay, so I would have to kill Mike if I could. Okay. Kill Mike. Um, He'd give you an earful, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he would. Hey, uh, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> I would have to marry Rambo because he would protect me. You know? He would, especially part three. Make Rambo. Sure happened so to me. Yeah, and then I would fuck. The specific dragon from The Witcher 2, because ah. she can turn into lady. <laughs> Damn it. I was thinking The Witcher dragon, too, as pole. well. I thought yeah. he would go for Peep's dragon. <laughs> <laughs> the sexy dragon right there. All right, so we're all terrible people. Great. Okay, perfect. And on that one, uh, oh, God, who did I like on that one? Oh... They're all. Let's just. Ah, uh, I don't like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd say I like Dustin's too. Again, yeah, Dustin's yay, the winner. Yay! Rocky, do you have an ad from one of our sponsors? Uh, oh yeah, uh, this episode is brought to you by Cat Fur. If you're tired of your clothes being without Cat Fur, you should invest in some Cat Fur. So then your cats will be all over your clothes all the time no matter what <laughs> doesn't matter Do they, how many they have a website? you wash your clothes no they don't okay should we uh, start our mysteries segment yeah yeah okay. I'll have some music to, to kind of go. Music. Oh, here we go okay. is that creepy Spooky, spooky. And now for the Jeff Files. A look into the unexplained mysteries of the world.
Who's going first? Will and Mark, right? Will and Dustin. Will and Dustin. Will and Dustin. Will, okay, yes. so we have two teams. Will and Jeff versus Mark and Dustin. Each are going to present their unsolved, unexplained mysteries. And I am going to select which ones I personally like the most. And the winning team gets a pat on the back from me. And the losing team becomes the next unsolved mystery. (laughs) (laughs) And when when all of you guys are done, I'll share with you my favorite mystery that's actually been solved, but it sounds bananas. Okay. Um, let's... Whoever wants to go first. Uh, I'll go first. All right. Cool. So I have two of them. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about, the Laughing Plague in Tanzania. All so right. this started on January 30th in 1962 in Kasasa, Tanzania. Uh, it was an all-girls school. Um... I think they were around like around the age of 10 to 12, somewhere around there. Um, two girls started laughing, and then more and more girls started joining in, and they couldn't stop. About 100 girls were just laughing for hours on end. Um, and it left the school, and it followed all these girls home, and it affected... Uh, diff- I think like 14 different cities over the course of 18 months of these laughing fits. Um, people passed out from laughing. Uh, people screamed. Sometimes a fit would last for a few hours and then go away and come back, but sometimes it could last for weeks on end. The leading theory is that it was stress-related because uh, Tanganyika... Uh, left the UK, which Tanzania is in, um, and students had to go through religious and academic changes, and so it was a high-stress time for the students. That's the leading theory that it was uh, stress-related. Like shit theory. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so because it lasted a year and a half. Yeah, if it was stress-related, I think we'd all be fucking laughing right now. <laughs> oh my god, it started! Oh god. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah and so they actually uh 14 schools closed down and the one where it started closed and then reopened and then had to close again but yeah that lasted for a year and a half what when was this it was in 62 Okay, Will, okay, well, present yours. What's your mystery? All right, and it's okay if it's a little long because I'm. Uh, yeah. I put it together. I put it together. It's just it's long. Just bear with me, okay? <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, mine is uh, the monster with twenty-one faces. Um, Ooh. So that for seventeen months. What's up? That sounds very Lovecraftian. I'm into it. <laughs> it's a little more pedestrian than that, but it's still cool. Um, so for 17 months in the mid 1980s, a criminal or criminals named the monster with 21 faces terrorized Japan with blackmail letters and poisoned candies. The suspect or suspects are part of the Glico, uh, Morinaga case and the police never caught the culprit or culprits. 
So it started with the kidnapping of um, Katsuhisa Izaki um, on March 18th, 1984, when two masked men kidnapped Katsuhisa Izaki, the CEO of confectionery manufacturer named Izaki Glico. Um, so he was a candy company, and he was the CEO of it. <clears throat> uh, they took him to a warehouse and issued a ransom demand for 1 billion yen, or about $4.2 million, uh, for a safe return. I thought return. you were going to say over about $4. <laughs> <laughs> it's not rupees, it's yen. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, but fortunately, Izaki managed to escape before the ransom was paid. On April 10th, 1984, arsonists torched several vehicles parked outside of the Glico headquarters and destroyed the surrounding area. Although police were actively investigating the Izaki kidnapping, authorities stepped up their investigation to find the person or persons responsible for the crime, seemingly targeting Glico and its employees. And then came the threats from the monster of 21 faces. On May 10th of the same year, Izaki Glico received a threatening letter signed by quote, the monster with 21 faces, stating packages of Glico candies had been laced with potassium cyanide. After some discussion, authorities decided to pull all Glico candies from grocery stores throughout Japan. The product removal was disastrous and resulted in a profit loss of more than 20 million and laid off more than 400 workers. <clears throat> the police had few leads. However, a security camera in a grocery store captured a man not affiliated with the store putting Glico products on the store shelves. The man wore a baseball hat and was difficult to identify. Although the footage was only showed one man, the police knew that there was two men involved in the kidnapping of Izaki. The authorities did not know how many people they were looking for. And then the threat captured national attention. As time went on, the monster widened the letter writing campaign to include the media in one letter saying, dear stupid police officers, <laughs> don't lie. All crimes begin with a lie, as we say in Japan. Don't you know that? You seem to be at a loss, the monster with 21 faces. All of Japan was terrified. Candy sales plummeted, uh, targeting other companies. <clears throat> in the summer of 1984, the monster expanded his or their ransom request activities to include the confectionery company Marinaga, along with uh, Murudai Ham and House Food Corporation food companies. Police continued to track down the few clues they had, but remained stumped until late June. <clears throat> 50 million yen ransom and the Kyoto train. In that month, the monster said he or they would put an end to his or their activities in exchange for 50 million yen. The letter demanded the ransom placed on a train heading towards the city of Kyoto. The presence of a white flag on the train signified when to drop, where to drop off the money. After gathering the ransom, an undercover policeman boarded the train looking for the flag, but it was never found. And then finally, the first death attributed to the Monster of 21 Faces. In August, the Monster of 21 Faces claimed his first victim, although indirectly. Pressured by the lack of an arrest and an investigation that was going nowhere, the police superintendent heading up the hunt killed himself by setting himself on fire. Once news of the suicide was reported... Yeah, I know, right? Once news of the suicide was reported, the monster sent what would be his or their last letter to the media, saying, The police superintendent died. How stupid of him. We've got no friends or, or secret hiding place. What have the police been doing for the last year and five months? Don't let criminals like us get away with it. 
we decided to forget about tormenting food companies. If anyone blackmails any other food companies, it's not us, but someone copying us. We are bad guys. That means we've got more to do other than bullying companies. It's fun to lead an evil man's life. The monster with 21 faces. Time went by, but the police failed to make progress in tracking down the perpetrators. Police officially closed the case. Even if the police caught the monster of 21 faces today, they could not be prosecuted. The Japanese statute of limitations for kidnapping and the poisoning of food products has expired. And um, <clears throat> I credit a lot of this to uh, Doug McGowan of historicalmysteries.com. So um, he did a lot of the research, so I'm just paraphrasing a lot of his stuff. But yeah, that's, that's that one. <clears throat> wow. That's weird. We're bad guys. Wow. <laughs> We're bad guys. You kill yourself. That's stupid. <laughs> I wonder what motive there was for this. Just to cause chaos? Yeah. You know what? I, there's literally there's no evidence for this, but you know what I think? I think they kidnapped somebody. I think they set some cars on fire. And then I think they didn't do anything else. And then they just let it see what they happens. They just let it happen. They sent some letters, and then that was it. Yeah. I, you know, they saw a guy on the surveillance camera like putting some products on, but they might have just been the products they had already, and then they brought them into a store and just put them on. If they were fully packaged still and not open, you know, um, I don't know. I just have a feeling that they didn't do any of that. They probably just like to create I, I think their you're mind probably game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think the winner of this round, I'm going to go with uh, Dustin's team. Ooh. Not that Will's thing wasn't interesting. No, it was interesting. Dustin's is like, uh, it's creepy. It's like, it, it doesn't yeah. seem to have like a. Like, why would that happen? But I can yeah. imagine why a criminal would be a criminal. Right. Himself. So that round goes to oh. Dustin's team. <laughs> All right. All right. Next round. Mine's on the short side. I guess I can go first. Okay. Okay. My All right. Play. Gather around, all you guys. This is a story about uh, Sir Walter Raleigh, who's an English uh, settler, basically, in what is modern-day North Carolina. Basically, this is in 1585 on Roanoke Island. You guys might have heard of this. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. So, basically, they go out there the first time in 1585 to establish a colony, but... I think it was poor supplies and iffy relationships with the local local, <laughs> local uh, population of Na- Native Americans um, had them call it off, basically. So they call the first colony a wash. They come back 1587. They try to start again. And uh, essentially, he has to go back to England for supplies and whatnot. And he goes back to the colony in 1588, and every single colonist is gone. On the Palisades, he finds the word Croatoan etched into there. And uh, not a soul in the colony. So yeah, basically That's... a lot of people think that it was possibly disease, or it could have even been the Native American population that was nearby because they had already had shitty relationships with them, but nobody knows. Yeah, but didn't they find, like, not a single trace of anything? 
They didn't, but nope. I mean, it doesn't mean no that bodies. people weren't abducted. Yeah, no bodies, no bodies not. nothing. When did, what year did he leave? Uh, sorry, that was 1590. I got that mixed up. Yeah, 1588 is when he left, 1590 is when he came back, and everyone's gone. Gonzo. Okay, so two years, two years enough years. time for something weird to happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They had basically interpreted Croatoan to mean that they had re- relocated to Croatoan Island, which is nearby, but Bupkis, there's nothing. Yeah, how many mm-hmm. settlers were there? There were, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 121 is what I'm saying. So it's not, yeah, 112 to 121 colonists. So it's not like a smallish group. It's not large, but yeah, it's a medium-sized group of people that just vanished. No sign of struggle, no nothing. Well, that's interesting. I like that. Okay, yours, Jeff? Okay, I'm doing another plague, the Dancing Plague of 1518. Oh, yeah. This is in July 1518, the residents of the city of Strasbourg, uh, which was then part of the Holy Roman Empire, Strasbourg, France, uh, they were struck by a sudden and seemingly uncontrollable urge to dance. The hysteria kicked off when a woman known as Frau Trophia stepped into the streets and began to silently twist and twirl and shake and gyrate and just move her body. And she kept her solo dance-a-thon for nearly a week straight, no sleep, no rest, no nothing. And before long, some three dozen other Strasburgians, whatever you say, <laughs> had joined in. And by August, the dancing epidemic had claimed as many as 400 victims with no other explanation for the phenomenon. And local physicians just blamed it on, quote-unquote, hot blood. And suggested <laughs> the affiliate afflicted simply gyrate the fever away. And that's why they were gyrating. is because their hot blood made them want to move their body and keep it flowing. A stage was then constructed, and professional dancers were brought in, and the town even hired a band to provide backup music, but it wasn't long before the marathon started to take its toll. Many dancers started to collapse from sheer exhaustion, some even died from strokes and heart attack, and the strange episode didn't end until September, when all the dancers were whisked away to a mountaintop shrine to pray for absolution. And the, Stra- and the Strasbourg dancing plague might sound like the stuff of legend, but it was actually documented in actual historical records. Yeah, and there's many similar manias like that that took place in Switzerland, Germany, Holland. They weren't as large as this one, but in the same year, they were all. Tr- it was all happened around the same, you know, time. What year was it? Fifteen eighteen. Well, I some think... some th- some said that they also they might have accidentally ingested ergot. It's a toxic mold that grows on damp rye and certain breads and produces spasms and hallucinations. But they couldn't prove that. How many people got dancing? Up up to 400. Okay, well, I think the simplest explanation is that Kevin Bacon went to France in the oh. 1500s. <laughs> and he showed them the way. That's got to be it. That's a, that's a good one. I like that. I'm going to go with Jeff's team because it's slightly more weird to me. It's just slightly more weird. I can't think of a reason why people would just suddenly start dancing right now. I think my favorite is that they brought in a, a band and made a stage and brought in professional dancers. They're like, this is happening. So let's just, let's really make it a thing now. It's creepy <laughs> without music. Let's play. <laughs> Someone play something. <laughs> now. So um, do you guys want to do like one more from each team? Yeah. 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 Will and uh, Dustin should have one each, I think. Yeah, I have one. Okay. Cool. All right. Do you want to go first, Will? Sure. Uh, uh, Taman should, or the Summerton Man. 
The Taman Shud case, also known as the Mystery of the Somerton Man, is an unsolved case of an unidentified man found dead at 6.30 a.m. December 2, 1948, on the Somerton Beach, or Somerton Park Beach, just south of Adelaide, South Australia. A well-dressed, athletic guy is found dead leaning against a seawall on an Australian beach. The cause of death is discovered despite autopsy. No ID, no labels in any of his clothes, nothing to identify him, but a scrap of printed paper saying Taman Shud found in his pocket. No one is reported missing. Later, a briefcase is found in a locker at a train station attributed to him with a few clothes marked T. Keen. No one named that is found missing. When the info about the note is released, one of the locals finds an odd book in the backseat of his car in the area that the man died. The piece of paper matches the torn out bit in the book. In the book, there is a very odd cipher that no one has been able to decode since and a phone number. Blood, blood pooling in the body suggests he didn't die with his head propped up against the wall as he was found. Um, body was embalmed and put on display for six months and received a lot of attention, but no one can remember having seen him. No family or anyone knowing him has ever been found. Taman should roughly means the end times. Mm. When was this? 1948. 1948. Mm. So, the, one of the prevailing theories is that he was a spy. Yeah, he's a spy. I was just going to say that. He was, Taman should sounds Hebrew. Yeah. And um, yeah, Taman should. Yeah. A lot of people attributed that to him. Like, that's his name, but. He doesn't have a name. He's just known as a Somerton man. Taman showed is simply what was written on the note. And uh, some kind of cipher was found. If you look it up, you can find the cipher. Um, it's, uh, you know, owned by the Australian police. Um, but, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it sounds like he was a spy to me. Yeah. Like a, an Israeli spy, probably. Maybe, yeah. Or someone you leading in his... You can find Taman it. Taman probably a code name for either him or his contact. Maybe. Yeah, Taman should would you be some kind of carry message. around the name though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe he needed to relay yeah. a message when he was dying, or something. I don't know. You don't know. Yeah, it might do. have meant something okay. to somebody, yeah, yeah. but like a code, yeah, was, and when it got in the media, it was like, oh my god, they this is out there, and now we need to do something. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Maybe he like prevented nuclear war or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I make a movie about it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Yeah. I like that. I like it. Go, Dustin. Your turn. All right. This is about the disappearance of D.B. Cooper. Ooh! So, on November 24th, 1971, Dan Cooper bought a one-way plane ticket uh, from Portland to Seattle for $20. The plane Damn. departed at 3 p.m., all that he had with him was a briefcase and a paper bag. He handed the stewardess a note during the flight, and she promptly put it in her pocket and started to walk away. And then he had to tell her, uh, uh, <clears throat> you should probably read that. I have a bomb. <laughs> uh, so he asked her to sit next to him, and he showed her the briefcase, which inside had red sticks and an assortment of wires. So he uh, had the stewardess write his demands down and take him to the pilot, and he asked for $200,000 in cash in $20 bills by 5 p.m. 
um, two front and two back parachutes. Uh, he needed a fuel truck ready to refuel the plane. And he made her wrote, no funny stuff or I'll do the job. <laughs> <laughs> so they landed in Seattle. Uh, they let 36 passengers, that's how many there were, let them go. He got the cash and the parachutes, which is strange that he asked for essentially two main chutes and two reserve chutes. Because he only jumped with two. So that's kind of weird. Um, so the plane set out again for Mexico City. But so DB Cooper or Dan Cooper set out from where? Where was it? Where did it land? Seattle. 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 Okay. So he demanded to have the plane head for Mexico City, but the plane or uh, the pilot still got to choose the route that they took. Uh, after 8 p.m., which is important because. That was like three hours into the flight. Sometime between Seattle and Reno, Cooper jumped out with two of the chutes and the money. Um, he left his bow tie behind. It was a clip-on bow tie on the plane. And FBI was able to get DNA off the bow tie, but didn't have any matches. Uh, the case was called Norjack for Northwest Hijacking. And the case lasted for decades. They searched the plane thoroughly and found nothing other than the DNA on his on his bow tie. But nine years later, so this was in 1980, a young boy found a rotting bag full of $5,800 in 20 bills that matched the serial numbers of the money that was given oh. to D.B. Cooper. Uh, and this was found at Tina Bar in Washington State. So what's really interesting to me about that is if he jumped somewhere between Seattle and Reno... How did this money end up back in Washington? I think the money was given to somebody to fly him somewhere else after he jumped. And then that person took the money to Washington. I don't but know. But then lost it. Um, people theorize that he dropped the money when he jumped and it fell into the Washougal River. But again, that's in Washington and Hey, I know that river. Hey, that's where you live. <laughs> that's where of. I'm at. <laughs> um, in 1970... Was all the money accounted for? No, it was just $5,800 that they found. Of the 200000 Oh, the, hmm. Then maybe that was... That could have been a false trail, too. And then that spawned a great movie without a paddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that really what that movie's about? It's about three friends who one of their friends dies, so they go on a search for the for the lost treasure of D.B. Cooper because that was something they were obsessed with as kids, and so to honor their dead friend, they're going to all go on an adventure to find the lost treasure of D.B. Cooper. Oh, nice. It's really funny. It's actually, like, it's genuinely, it's silly, but it's good. Hang on, guys. Go watch it. This is what happened. D.B. Cooper did all this in order to profit on the movie... Without a paddle. <gasps> the long con. That's that makes 40 sense. chess right there. So in 1972, this is one year after the incident, dozens of confessions came to several credited news outlets, uh, and they were either eulogizing DB or claiming to be his brother. And that same year, two people were arrested for extortion for impersonating Cooper and selling their life story to a tabloid. 
Um, and based on all of these claims, more than 800 suspects over the first five years of the investigation were looked into, and all but 24 were eliminated. Another well, interesting fact so is... So there's still some suspects that are still, like, on the... Like, they're actually still people that are suspects right now? Yeah, and uh, I I have info on the top three suspects if there's time. Yeah. yeah. If you guys want to hear about it. Sure. Yep. Do it up, dude. All right. Another interesting fact is the initials DB mean nothing. Uh, the FBI doesn't know why he was called DB Cooper because the plane ticket was for Dan Cooper. Um, but th- they think it's possibly a typo from a wire back in the 70s. Mm. Like DB Cooper. That just uh, sounds DB. That's the news. <laughs> Sounds like dumpster baby. Dumpster baby <laughs> Koopa at it again on the airplanes. <laughs> the number one suspect, uh, these are all FBI, uh, according to two of the FBI investigators for the original case, the number one suspect was Richard Floyd McCoy. He was arrested in April of 72 for hijacking a different airplane. This is one year later. Um, he hijacked the same type of plane, a Boeing 727, jumped out of the same door, requested four parachutes, two main and two reserve, had the same demeanor, passed a note about the bomb, uh, which also contained no funny stuff. Um, and was all he- of this stuff available to the public, all these details before yeah, this guy doing it a second time? Not to my knowledge, but I'm not positive on that. Okay. Well, I mean, there is a theory that D.B. Cooper w- was working with another partner, and that people, you know, there's like, nobody knows who that, you know, partner ever was, the and pilot. that he was never alone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there are theories. There are many theories. There There's are a theories. lot of theories. Um, but this man, Richard Floyd McCoy was a student at BYU, which is interesting because both of the hijackings took place when the school was on break. Coincidence. And according to the FBI, family members of McCoy ID'd a personal item that was never publicly identified that was on the second plane. Or... Actually, no, sorry, it was on the first plane, but it was never publicly announced what it was. But the family members of McCoy identified it as his. Oh. Um, he was later ruled out because he didn't match the description from the flight attendants of the original hijacking. Eyewitness accounts are very faulty, though. This is true. Yeah, they usually true. give false. They usually give false recognition, not false, like, I don't recognize him. They'll usually misidentify someone. They won't miss. Yeah, you're right. Like, usually... like they, in that situation, they would recognize someone that was doing that to them oh, if they sound like that. But they wouldn't. But they wouldn't be able to describe them well. Yeah, unless he gave them part of that money. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he was also ruled out because he was home for Thanksgiving that year, which was the day after the original hijacking. Uh, he was home in Utah. Oh, that's nice. Didn't he jump out over mm. Reno? See, that's the thing. It was somewhere in between Seattle and Reno. Utah's in between there, isn't it? Or it's close. 
it's it's not terribly far. He could have made a drive in the day for sure. He prepared uh, enough. He could have done it. I don't see that as a rule out. Yeah, he could have had a car nearby. Yeah. So the second suspect is Dwayne Weber, and he claimed on his deathbed to his wife that he was Dan Cooper. Um, his wife said he'd had nightmares where he would sleep talk about leaving Prince on planes. Me too. <laughs> Uh, all been there. He apparently had a knee injury from jumping out of a plane, according to his wife. Um, Me too. And his <laughs> handwriting is found in the margins of library books on D.B. Cooper. But uh, we're not sure exactly what the notes said. Maybe just like, actually, this is what happened. <laughs> Yeah, actually, he sounds like a man that wants to be DB Cooper but wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, uh, the whole, the whole thing else? is, uh, well, he was he took his wife to Tina Bar, which is where the kid in 1980 found the original cash from the first hijacking. Is that a town? Uh, it's a bar on the Washougal River at the end of the river. Okay, and. Uh, he also had an old Northwest Airlines ticket, which is an interesting coincidence. But if that's true, why wouldn't they have compared the flight number? I feel like that would be the first. Yeah, thing. that's yeah. <laughs> so that's suspect number two, and suspect number three is Kenneth Christensen. Uh, his brother was watching Unsolved Mysteries and saw the story about D.B. Cooper and identified the sketch on Unsolved Mysteries as his brother. He said on his deathbed, uh, this is Kenneth, on Kenneth's deathbed. Oh, by the way, sorry, the first guy uh, was sentenced to 45 years for the second Utah hijacking. He escaped jail and then died in a gunfight with the FBI. Okay. 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 So, suspect number three, Kenneth Christensen. On his deathbed, he told his brother, There's something you should know, but I can't tell you. Um, he was a head flight attendant for the same airline in both of the hijack. No, just kidding. And <laughs> of the original hijacking. Um, he also loved bourbon, which DB Cooper ordered on the first hijacking. Uh, he bought a house shortly after the crime. Uh, mm. The flight attendant said that his photo matched more than any other. A flight attendant from the original hijacking said that uh, Kenneth Christensen's photo matched more than anybody else. If I had to, if it was the choice between the three, I would say the first guy was his partner. The second guy was a dude not affiliated, but just obsessed with him. And the third guy is actually him. So I I'm think gonna have to I, not I, agree with that. I, have <laughs> I think the worst guy was him. I have some more details about the third one that are pretty compelling. Okay. Uh, he was a paratrooper in World War II. Oh, okay. Um, and the FBI later that helped rule him out in the FBI's eyes because they said that DB was not a skilled jumper. But I'm like, well, you never found the parachutes or the body, so how would you know that? Uh, yeah. the, the parachutes that were given to D.B. Cooper, the reserve one, the front chute, was actually a training chute, and it was sewn shut, so it didn't function. 
Uh, the main chute was a military chute, so it's one of those circular ones that you can't steer. Yeah, the ones where they just drop you and then you just kind of go. Yeah, like you land where you land. But the body and any of the parachutes were never found. The FBI's search for DB was one of the longest and most extensive searches in FBI history. And as of 2011, the case file was over 40 feet long with over 1,000 suspects. But eventually the case was closed in 2016. Oh. Case closed. It was number three, <laughs> for sure. I'm that leaning number towards number one. three. I'm going to go with number one. Have to be, he doesn't have to be good to be the guy. He just had to know like a basic understanding of it. Go ahead, Rocky. But he was good. That was the thing. The, the third guy was a paratrooper. And the first guy, didn't he for sure hijack in the same way? Yeah. Okay. So we know that he hijacked in the same way. But he could have been a copycat. He could have, but there's that all that stuff about his family identifying an item on the first flight that DB was on that uh, they identified a a personal item of what was the guy's name richard the yeah richard mccoy so they identified uh the personal item of db as richard mccoy's they and then he also what was the other thing i don't know there's a whole bunch of things i think it's him and i think, I can, the flight I think we can all might have been yeah. paid off by him but paid I, off, think yeah. him. I think we can all agree that the second guy wasn't him yeah, saying I was a guy, a weird guy. I would also be interested. Definitely not. I would be two. interested to know the timeline of the details about who knew what. What did the public know when yeah, the other yeah. sus the suspects? You know what I mean? Like, is yeah, it all depends? Yeah. Okay, Rocky, pick a winner out of those two. I'm gonna go. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm gonna go with actually Will's because <laughs> I feel like that's a more unexplained. And it's creepy. That one's creepier than DB. I like DB. We talked about it a lot. But. I like DB a lot. <laughs> Me too. So, unfortunately, Mark and Dustin, you will become Unsolved Mysteries sometime between now and next week. Hell yeah. <sighs> All right. <laughs> um, okay. I don't care how long this episode goes. I'm going to tell you my solved mystery. <laughs> okay. okay. In 1986, in... Um, Cameroon, and around Cameroon, Africa, a village of 1,746 people, and all of the animals, like all of the livestock in the town and like surrounding towns in this area, just suddenly dropped dead. What the fuck? Yeah. They suddenly Wild dropped Wild animals, dead. too? Wild animals, a lot of, well... Some survived, and but a lot of wild animals in that area, and pretty much all the livestock um, died. There was a one survivor, Whoop. at least, from this. And here's his account, and it's pretty crazy. Oh. It's pretty okay. uh, gruesome. All right. Okay. Here's what he says. I could not speak. I became unconscious. I could not open my mouth because I smelled something terrible. I heard my daughter snoring in a terrible, very abnormal way. When crossing to my daughter's bed, I collapsed and fell. I was there till 9 o'clock. So he was there from, from like the night before until 9 o'clock the following morning until a friend of mine came and knocked on the door. I was surprised to see that my trousers were red 
had some stains like honey. I saw some starchy mess on my body. My arms had some wounds. I didn't really know how I got these wounds. I opened the door. I wanted to speak. My breath would not come out. My daughter was already dead. I went into my daughter's bed thinking that she was still sleeping. I slept till it was about 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon on Friday. Then I managed to go to my, to my neighbor's house. They were all dead. I decided to leave because most of my family was in Womb. Womb is like a different town. Mm-hmm. I got my motorcycle. A friend whose father had died left with me for Womb. As I rode through Neos, this happened in Neos, Africa. Um, as, I, as I rode through Neos, Africa, I didn't see any sign of any living thing. When I got to Womb, I was unable to walk, even to talk. My body was completely weak. That was one survivor. It's crazy. One survivor's account. And yeah, the that whole town and surrounding towns pretty much died. As you like, not everyone died just in like one instant, but it was over about the course of a day. Like a and gradual domino died. kind of deal. Most people at least became unconscious really quick. It was only a few people that like that were like him that managed to survive any time at all. And wow. he was one of the only ones that got out alive. And <sighs> that, that's the mystery. What do you guys think? What happened? Some kind of pathogen? Like uh, air salt? Like some kind of like... Jesus. Uh, some Could kind be something of, uh, in the water. Like an underground yeah. reservoir. That kind of like an aquifer that they all use the same that one. Would be the, that would be towns. the only thing that connects all of them, right? Because if wildlife got attacked by a two, then water would be the only thing I would think that would make sense. All of this happened, all of this did happen around a lake called Lake Nios. Or Nios yeah, so maybe right? there was like an algae in the lake that caused this or something, or <laughs> some sort of... Some... Sounds more airborne to me. Dustin's on the right track. Like it was okay. a... Wow. Like a toxic gas that somehow seeped up through the river and then the air carried it dustin's pretty much on the right track uh what happened was so like nios is like a it has a volcano at the very bottom of it and and um it kept building up this co2 and the lake had sort of like a bubble of it but it was keeping the co2 inside the lake and then it burst and this giant cloud of CO2 just fell onto the towns that surrounded the place. And it wasn't just that the CO2 poisoned them. Like it's, but it, because it's heavier than air, it shoved all the air upwards and there was just no air to breathe. Holy shit. So it was like an invisible wave of like, almost like a force, like almost like water, but it's invisible just pushing all the air away. Yeah. And, like, surrounding villagers and stuff were like, that place is, uh, something's fucked up about that place. And they had all these, there were stories about that lake from the past, too, and how it was, like... Maybe smaller events that preceded yeah. it. Yeah, there, were, there had been stories about the lake <laughs> killing people and how it was, like, a, some sort of... Supernatural thing? Yeah, supernatural thing that, um was in, like, their folklore about the lake. Huh. And then suddenly, the lake killed them. But now we know why. And I don't know why. 
It'd be a shitty way to go. It'd be like drowning on land. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And on that note... <laughs> <laughs> on that note... Was... I have a funny I Easter joke. Okay. okay. To lighten the mood. Okay. Why does the Easter bunny hide the eggs? Why? Because he's ashamed he had sex with the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little corny, but you know, it's not as grim as the whole village dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere in the middle. It's right in the middle, yeah. It was uh, it's a cute corny. It's it's candy corny. Candy corny. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's good. Good. All right. Should I play and us out? Yeah. What does that, that mean? mean Learn the word there. <laughs> <laughs> the words on it. Okay, oh, well, this is... Uh, this to is end the show? Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Do it live. Fuck, Fuck sucks. sucks. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking thing sucks. We'll do it live. <laughs> that would be... Uh, the Dale podcast, you guys. Stay safe out Papa there. Bell. Stay yeah. safe, guys. Hey. It was fun. And stay home. Stay Idiot. home. Listen to our thing. Just keep listening to this on repeat. Like, just go to our first one, listen to that, then the second, then the third, then just keep doing that until we put more on. And then that'll that'll be what you do while you're waiting. <laughs>